0: everybody and welcome to episode 217. We podcast and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matur.
1: Bah humbug.
0: I know. Tell me about it. It is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. We're almost done this disastrous year. Although 2021 is not looking to be that much better at least to start. Um, But anyway, we are here live on Squawker. You know what I
1: just thought of? I don't know if you remember, if you've seen that meme of, um, I think it was a uh, dumpster on fire getting just down the street. I I felt like that's just 2020.
0: (laughs) And uh, I think the amount of people that think on New Year's Eve at midnight, when it just turns to 2021, everything's going to be better. I think they're just wild, wildly you know, hey, God bless you.
1: Ve- I mean, very optimistic. God bless them. I love it.
0: Uh, we are here live on Squawker for one of the last times ever. Matter of fact, we have- oh,
1: Wait, one more, right? One more? Two
0: ep- two episodes left. Yeah, this one and next week, we'll be on Squawker. Yeah. And, then, and then we'll find a new home and uh, appreciate everything they've done. And and we'll miss it, I'm sure. But we had one week of video. That was a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was. I Hopefully the, the next one, I, you know, instead of you being like, half an inch tiny video screen that i see on my computer
0: yeah it should work it's, i think we'll before we get started tonight and i give the agenda uh thanks to mike cassini who uh gave us a just another generous donation on uh just for doing the show and you know, as a happy holidays thing just always such a huge shout out to m cassini for everything he does for the show man i really appreciate it mike
1: yeah it it it, it comes out of nowhere and we get it like you when it just like – it's hard to even come up with words when someone just – their hard-earned money just give it to two schmucks from Philly who just talk, all, talk a lot. I mean, Mike, you're the man. Wish you and your family nothing but the best.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. And uh, before we get started again, just a little trick I wanted to let people know who are getting like – you know, when Santa Claus is bringing that PS5 or Santa Claus is bringing that Mm. Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S for you or your child or children, here's just a little tip for you. Um, Every year we see it, every single year where a new console comes out or even not, even if it's an old console like the Switch, everybody that gets it around Christmas uses it that day. And generally what that does is kind of Hurts the servers a little bit. We've seen Nintendo go down for a day, like a day at a time on Christmas because everybody's logging onto the eShop to try and download things or whatever. You know, the latest firmware updates, what have you. Same with, uh, you know, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. But if, you, you know, Santa Claus is going to bring that PS5 or that Xbox, maybe, you know, wake up a little early or before you go to bed that night, open it out of the box for whomever it's for plug it in, turn it on and set it up ahead of time. Maybe do the firmware update for the PlayStation that, that has already been launched. That way, if the servers do go down on Christmas day, because of all that activity, you're already set. Look so maybe you think ahead. So maybe hit Santa Claus up on his cell phone, say, Hey, could you drop it a little bit early? And, uh, cause you know, we all got a direct link to the big guy and, uh, just do that solid because then you won't be screwed over come the day of, unless you get the digital edition of the PS five, cause then you can only download games. Um you at least have
1: you at least have Astro. You at least uh, have Astro. Yeah, I mean that's true. I was gonna say Santa never did any cool shit like that for me.
0: Hey, back in the day, (laughs) man, when we were getting consoles for Christmas as kids, there wasn't any downloading to be done. It was a you turn it on and it worked.
1: You missed Thursdays,
0: there was no loading, there was no none of this, there was no startup screens. It was your startup screen was the Nintendo logo or that PlayStation sound the PS1 iconic turn on noise. Uh, but I, and I did it very poorly, but <laughs> I
1: was like, hey, I'm not even going to attempt it because I don't want to ruin it.
0: Wow. Uh, so bad, but That's just a ridiculous. little trick for a, just a little trick to the people out there that Santa's going to be hooking up with new consoles. Think about it. You're probably going to get this episode the day, you know, Christmas Eve. Uh, maybe Christmas morning we're shooting for Christmas Eve. So if you do get a Christmas Eve, you know, like I said, have Santa on speed dial for this one. Uh, We got our picks of the week this week. It is 15 and a half for me and 14 and a half for Sam in our trivia challenge, our race to 11 win by two. We're starting with television tonight where we are going to recap the season two finale of the Mandalorian chapter 16, the rescue. Uh, We have some more Disney plus star Wars news there. Um, Some HBO max stories, including Batman, the animated series. what else? The Chappelle Show. So, Search Party, a show I love. So, some really cool stuff there. As we move into movies, we're gonna have two. Count them two top threes tonight, uh, and one's gonna be. Uh, well, they're both gonna be Christmas movie or holiday movie related. The one is gonna be Christmas movies, right? So, it's gonna be Christmas movies that aren't quite Christmas movies. Our top three favorite, movies or, or that, like
1: they're or they're in contention, or you know,
0: you know. Is it a Christmas movie? Yeah. Is it not? So the uh, the the on the fences, if you will, uh, for Christmas movie, and then our top three actual legitimate favorite Christmas movies and or or holiday movies. Some of them may not be Christmas, but you know, around this holiday season, it's not going to be a Valentine's Day movie. We'll say that Sam will take over in gaming for a short gaming section. We we're going to talk about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. We're going to talk about Super Meat Boy Forever. I'll take over in music again for some less than Jake and Bayside album reviews. Thank you to our friends at Big Picture Media, but I've been looking forward to talking about these records. We had a a Nintendo Direct last week, which is nuts, but it was about the theme park, Super Nintendo World, so we'll talk about that before Sam gives us his CGC spotlight, and that will be it for our last news-filled episode of 2020, as next week we're going to give our WePod Awards, where we do our top three games, top three shows, top three movies, top three albums, and top three worst of 2020, my favorite
1: episode. Yeah, I, I still I still didn't I know you're way ahead of me. You probably already have all your numbers. I still gotta go through I still gotta go through everything and you know, we'll go from there.
0: I've completed uh seventeen, eighteen, eighteen new shows. Oh, thirteen 13 new movies and i played a buttload of games that i already talked about on the nintendo and the albums i mean we get albums every week so there's a lot in contention but yes this is why i track throughout the year and sam's been doing this for five years and still refuses just open his notes app and, spell. <laughs> and all it is he could have learned from me in 2017. just yeah, open your notes app it's not you're, hard no you're, you're you're right i'm 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 the worst but no 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 no, you're just the third worst. Uh, all right, let's do it, Sam. Let's start where we customarily do our picks of the week.
1: It's the fucking Mandalorian. How could it not be? Th- this, this season had a lot going for it. A lot of people were nervous. Is it going to deliver? And uh, I mean, I, I before the finale, I already loved this season. It was already great. The finale, they delivered even more. Don't know how they kept secrets that they did. I'm not going to give any spoilers right now, but I'm just going to say, if you're under a rock and you never watched Mandalorian, go on Disney+. Plus. It's only 16 episodes, like 30, 40 minutes, maybe one episode's 47 minutes. That's about it. The, the cast, great chemistry. I, I love every character they've brought in. Uh, they've Peyton Reed directed the finale of this one, who directed Ant-Man 1 and 2. I, I This brought, at least me, probably the most attention and love that I've ever had for Star Wars ever.
0: Yep, I can this, totally agree. This as a,
1: good. I was gonna say this e- either reinvigorated your love for Star Wars or just started your love for Star Wars, and th- this is me right now.
0: Yeah, and, and I would agree as a casual Star Wars fan. This still, I'm not. This show has not made me like a Star Wars, you know, super fan or anything like that. I'm still a very casual Star Wars. I'll fan, never but,
1: be the Sean at M- MRC Tech. I will. I I I can never get to that level.
0: I don't yeah, have I. Me,
1: but I, I I am that
0: level for other things so i just can't yes. have it in me to do it for this too um and I, I don't necessarily want to because i just i think the mandalorian just like you i think is the best thing in the star wars universe i mean we're going to get a ton more in then in the coming years with ahsoka tano and a story we have in a, in a minute to talk about as well surrounding boba fett and all that other stuff and you know listen maybe after all of that and i said listen again uh maybe after all of that it'll be Star Wars is awesome and I'm I'm back in. Let me just go watch all the, you know, nine main films again. And but I'm I'm probably never gonna be in that boat. So as somebody who's just a casual, I thought it was phenomenal. I will tell you this, spoiler alert, it ain't in my top three for the year.
1: Uh Wow, I'll, that's I'll, shocking.
0: And I'll give you another spoiler alert. All three of my top three are brand new shows that debuted this year, not seasons of existing shows. Oh, that's good to know. So well, everyone- that, if you listen, context clues, that also includes the boys.
1: Nah, that, that's poop. So all I'm saying is everyone can thank John Favreau for bringing back love to Star Wars for doing this. For, for number one, he directed Elf, so never forget John Favreau. And Dave Filoni, these two, thank God Kennedy has kept her hands off this because she needs to stay as far away as way she possibly can. And just, just let John and Dave do it. Let them go. Give, let them go off the rails. Let them do whatever they want. They want to run the show for eight seasons. Let them have it. So if you, li- if you haven't watched it yet, get Disney Plus, go watch The Mandalorian.
0: Elf, which is on my TV upstairs as we speak. Um, he also directed Chef, and that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. So I got to yeah. give any stars in Chef. So I have to give huge, huge uh, – that should just be my pick of the week. It's not. Um, my pick of the week is a movie on Amazon Prime. Um, I, I want to say it was probably going to get a theatrical release – but because of everything it decided to just go right to a streaming service, which I think was a good decision. Uh, it's called the sound of metal. Have you heard about this? Never heard of it. Uh, it just came out this year. I mean, it was at one film festival in late 2019, but it was always planned to release in 2020. Uh, I, it it's a long story short. It's about a metal. We'll say metal. They say punk rock. It's about a metal drummer who loses his hearing in his thirties Huh? and like has to kind of navigate the world of his music career is over. It's the only thing he's got. What the fudge, you know, do I do now? And it's out of, it's sudden it's out of nowhere. He starts, he just loses his hearing. And what I love about this film is, and it stars the villain of venom. I can't remember his name. Raj Patel, something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know it all, but I know his face. But anyway,
0: uh, I'm, I'm looking it up right now for the cast and everything, but my internet is, is just not, does not want to work very well. There it is. Um, Riz Ahmad. Thank you. He is, he plays Ruben Stone, Olivia cook, Paul Rachi, Dakota Johnson's in it. uh, So, and she was in 50 shades, Lauren Ridloff. I mean, it's a really good cast, but it's a really good, like I said, smaller film. It's just over two hours. They call it a drama and music film. It is available, like I said, for anybody who wants to go watch it, who has prime video right now. How would you, if you just woke up one morning, especially if you were a musician, deal with the loss of your hearing? And I think the coolest thing about this film is how it deals with what Ruben, the main character, is going through. And how are you going to convey a deaf person via film? The sound effects, the sound design of this film, is phenomenal they put you in the ears of a deaf person as best they possibly can by you know muting the sounds and making it muffled and trying to get you to hear what ruben is hearing as somebody who's losing his hearing i know i keep saying it but like it's unbelievable it's got a 97 on rotten tomatoes a 7.8 on imdb an 81 on metacritic i won't go as far as to say it was this life-changing film for me as music films often can be I love music films, but this one was a really good one. It's not going to be in my top three for the year, but that's because I loved my top three this year. So uh, really good film, Amazon prime. It's rated R sound of metal. Check it out. As we go into our trivia, 15 and a half for me, 14 and a half for you, a race to 11 win by two. You go ahead and give me the question first this week.
1: All right. I got a little Christmas question for you. Hmm. See how you do this. Yours is Christmas ish too. All right. I think mine's a little tough. That could be tough, depending if you know this or not. How many reindeer are featured in the poem "Twas the night before Christmas? Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs>
0: That's a long poem. I have a hippo that plays the entire thing every time you push its hand, and it's so annoying. No, it's a teddy bear. Twas the night uh, before
1: Christmas, when all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And I wish it was that short, but it goes on and on. And it's not on. that it's actually not that long when it, it just, you know, you think it's longer than it is.
0: Well, when you have a goddamn teddy bear reading it, it's long because it just doesn't shut up. And then your daughter says again, and then she presses it again and again. But I digress. Um, how many reindeer? Well, there's nine. If you count Rudy, good old Rudolph. Uh i mean it says an eight tiny reindeer is that what you mean or by name by name oh jesus christ (laughs) uh all eight final answer all eight correct
1: yeah all right so if i don't get it i'm out so i feel like i might just get it wrong for the fuck of it
0: no we got to keep going because this is a, movie, is a movie question and a Christmas question all rolled into one. All right. Let's see if I can do it. What's the highest grossing fil- Christmas film of all time, but domestically, not worldwide, only domestically?
1: Uh, I'm just going to say Home Alone. It is correct. <laughs> nice. Dude, that's the quickest answer. of I, I didn't know it 100% fact.
0: I swore. I swore you were going to say Elf.
1: No, like, no way. I had Home Alone, alone too much of a classic. I would have always said it. So is Elf.
0: It came. out only came but, out. But Home like, Alone's another seven level. Seven years later, I think Home Alone was like ninety three or ninety four, and uh, or maybe ninety two. Maybe the second was 93, 94. I can't remember. But Elf was 02, I think. Like it's still an old. It's eighteen years old, and like kind of doesn't feel like it. But your your choices were The Grinch, Elf, Home Alone, and Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, all of which are in the top five. Um. Damn. Hey, didn't. Well, my God, and I didn't hold back. No, you went quick. So now it's 16 and a half to 15 and a half. I had a chance there to win. That's the shame of it. I, I didn't mean to take,
1: take it from you so fast.
0: Well, for a fleeting moment, I won and
1: yeah. then uh, for, for, for a half a second, you had it
0: <laughs> and then he, he just roared back. Let's get into television. We're going to start with the Mandalorian season two finale. I'm going to shut up and let you go. Chapter 16, the rescue. What'd you think?
1: I mean, I, I guess let's say spoiler warning. Just think, I don't, you know, spoiler we warning. Always anything, do. you know. Just please, God, I don't want to ruin this for you. So, spoiler warning, if you did not see the Mandalorian, please, God. Uh I, I don't know how they kept this whole thing on the wraps. Great point. I never um, even thought that, of that. that that's just it. the that's just the first thing I have to say. I, I can't believe they kept it on the wraps. Um, I know when I saw it, did I see it before you? I said, Greg, avoid social media at all costs because yeah, you saw they, it like, like an hour have, or like, two before me. So I didn't like, you know, I stayed off social media. I saw it first. It's like as soon as I opened up social media, I saw it. So like, thank God I had the wherewithal to to not open my social apps and see it first. So thank you, universe, for not getting this spoiled for me. But episode 16, I they they delivered and then some between of, I, I mean, they, they, they tore my heart out. You know, I had some tears come down during this episode. The action was there. I I don't think there's any I don't know what more they could have showed me here at the at the screen to make me want to you know, just scream of like you know this is probably the most um, hype I've got for anything Star Wars.
0: Did did the fight what? with Moff Gideon feel short? Like didn't he feel a little bit easy? I know he's probably not done and there's more to come with him, but like
1: yeah, I mean I felt like he
0: went down pretty easy. I mean. I,
1: I don't know if he went easy, but I I did one is before I forgot, I love when they were fighting that the Darksaber, like when every time it was hitting his, you know, his his spear, you it see really it heating up. up. Yeah. Like I, I just love that they added that just to show like how strong this darksaber really is. It was awesome. Um yeah. I did you know, I had like a little flashback when he was getting his helmet pounded in. I had a flashback to Game of Thrones. <laughs> I said, "Are we going to have another moment for Pedro Pascal with nice. his head getting ripped apart?" So I, I wonder. I wonder if that
0: him. was in the in the mind. I wonder. I'm sure. I, I mean,
1: was. after he hit him like five times, I want to think at least, oh, guys, uh, I got my face ripped off in my last show. I'm kind of good on. That. I don't want that to happen <laughs> again.
0: Yeah, my eyes were pushed into my forehead. Oh um, my god vicious but yeah it was a great episode i totally agree with you i i until you said it in your pick of the week i never even thought like how do they keep that that hamill thing under wraps and that was wonderful as soon as you saw the green saber you knew
1: and uh, and and i didn't know until that green saber i was like holy shit i I was waiting for the purple saber but the saber i was waiting for sam jackson
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know if that would have gotten quite the twitter buzz it might have sam jackson's the shit
1: but i mean he would have definitely got a pop but i don't think he would have got. A the, roar the, the pop that we got
0: yeah a sustained roar because oh everybody God. and their mother is loving this and they should because it was an awesome episode it tied it up pretty nicely i don't really have any like huh hanging doubts i mean like okay is baby yoda the or Gro, is grogu done does he come back because he's it, with luke now
1: the show's on a clean slate now now the, if the show could go you know, is it going to be him leading to get Mandalore back? Is it him fighting her? Is this to lead the throne. Like this can lead to so many places. Now we're not strapped to like mission for mission, babysitting Grogu. Like he's on his own now.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that losing Grogu from the show will hurt it as much as some others might think, because like at the end of the day, that he has never said a word. Like, and, he's,
1: and he still might pop up. We don't know. I absolutely Luke might
0: lose him, like I said. Moff Gideon's probably not through, so maybe he breaks out of whatever and gets him back. And yeah, I just i I'm glad to hear though that like Grogu is not well. Most likely, we haven't heard anything, but I would like to imagine that Grogu will no longer be like a central plot line. And it, like you said, clean slate's a really good word of just like mm, it can kind of go anywhere now.
1: Yeah, and like I've I've seen people say like. Oh man, hopefully, um, when Kylo Ren didn't, when he killed out the whole school, like, hopefully he didn't kill Grogu. I was like, there's, I would like to think that after all this buildup, after all this storytelling, that they have a story of how, you know, maybe Luke kind of snuck him out of there or, or, you know what I mean? Like, he got away. Like, I like to think that Grogu is not dead right now.
0: No, there's I mean, but the thing is, we haven't seen him in anything else. So maybe now this is where Grogu can start to pop up in other projects because this was kind of that jumping off point of, okay, I'm not just a Mandalorian character. Again, I don't know enough about the timeline. Uh, Somebody had texted me uh, about the timeline because I was misspoken once a couple weeks ago. So I don't want to F up my timeline talk, but I'd imagine that this would be the the jumping off point where you can maybe see Grogu here and there. Maybe not as a central figure. I hope that they don't make like a Disney Plus series. He doesn't need it. I like him as that like background character. He was enough to draw in a lot of the audience for this show, but Pedro Pascal is the character that kept us there because that's yeah. why that's what I was, you know.
1: And yeah. and and how great when just, just to see Luke just cutting through them, like ter- like I want to say Terminators, that's what they remind me of. The well, dark, I- the dark, um, oh my god, what the hell are they called? Oh the dark troopers, dark
0: troopers. jeez yeah.
1: I, I say terminators i think of warhammer but the dark troopers just like just like when we had the last five minutes of uh of dark side when, yeah. when he's kind of just dismantling people it's like like father like son we got that and just like the last one he just crunched with the force i was like oh my god i that, loved it, it when got me so
0: i was super tense when they were coming out of that door and mando got him and then then sucked them all out that was super cool and for them to have come back that was actually really clever
1: I and, like that a lot. And when and when um, the ship kind of lands, their focus changes when they realize like the biggest threat's not that room anymore. Like it's it's Luke. I was like, oh my god, that that was a cool moment. But you know, the moment that, that that tugged at my heartstrings was that damn ending. You know, with Grogu and he touches, reaches his little hand, touches his mask, and your your eyes start to water, and he takes off the mask and touched his cheek, and that was it for me. I I, I was an emotional schoolgirl. <laughs>
0: That was a, that was touching. It was totally touching. I mean, like this episode. Let's before, let's let's listen to what what IGN had to say about this episode because I'm curious to see if they agree how, that it was. I mean, this was this was a masterpiece of an episode. They had said. The finale is perfect. It's a perfect blend of Star Wars nostalgia past and hopeful future. It's pure fan service, but sometimes that's a great thing, offering a celebration of all the things that have made this franchise so iconic over the years. Epic action, a scrappy band of heroes fighting against the odds, and the friendships and loyalties you'd sacrifice anything for. That abrupt ending, which, like you said, uh, left plenty of questions about where the show might go, which we had talked about, but that's all part of the thrill.
1: It's got to be, got to be a
0: ten. It was a ten out of ten. Yeah, I mean, um, this ep, this show has delivered four back to back to back to back best episodes of television, potentially of of the last decade, if not longer. It's just how do you, how they kept delivering again and again and again and again has just been wonderful to see. After I was so down on the first half of the season, not saying I didn't like it, it just felt not special. And like, kind of like, it's so crazy to think about these last four episodes that Timothy Oliphant in episode one literally means like nothing now. It's, it's crazy how they don't really have a connection. It just kind of got us there. And I think that was the main complaint. It's like, it feels like side quest. It feels like it's not going anywhere. They brought it the second half of the season. And it, this episode was just a culmination of all the love that they have this project. And, and again, the future of where it could go, man, it was just, it was really, really damn good.
1: Oh, I mean, no, no doubt about it. you know, seeing R2-D2 show up at the end, that was a nice <laughs> touch. <time. laughs> that I was mean, a nice touch, yeah. I, I would have I actually liked to see, like, Sebastian Stan kind of do, like, more camel. Like, I know they de-aged, you know, more camel, but I was like, I honestly think Sebastian Stan looks like, just, like, enough like him that it, you can get away with it. What'd you think of the way you know Hamill's cg look i mean it, it, it looked good but it, it still didn't look right like obviously you it, it looked a little funky but obviously i know it's it's a shit ton of money for them to do that i just figured it'd be cheaper if they just got sebastian stan i mean that's just, <laughs> yeah but that,
0: it wouldn't have it. had the it wouldn't have had the pop
1: i mean i i think after this one i'd be like all right mark you cool with it all right so Seb, it's Seb, you got it you're good maybe you know, for future because like as soon as luke started talking that's when
0: you're like oh jeez
1: yeah, because, you know, at like, least Mark Hamill did do his own voice. There was a whole yeah. body double and that whole stuff and the motion capture stuff. But, you know, he, he did do his own voice, which is his second time coming back on The Mandalorian show. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But obviously the, the big kicker, too, could be, you know, after that ends, you know, it's the, you know, the sad look of the crew when they go off. And then, you know, credits start going and you're like, huh, there's still like eight minutes of credits left
0: generally they leave us with like five but when they left us with eight you just and they were different credits usually they go right to the uh like the art the concept art behind it but this one wasn't this was more of a standard credits so you knew to stick around and you know we'll just kind of lump our next story in here we'll continue to talk about the finale but there's no way you can continue to talk about this ending without just bringing up that end credit scene you knew one was coming what'd you think
1: I, I, I was not expecting it. the very end, the little drop at the end. I mean, obviously, it, it takes place. They're on Tatooine back at Jabba's Palace. Fennec kills a couple of people. Boba Fett kills a uh, overweight Bib Fortuna, <laughs> throws him off the, the old throne and gives a seat, and Fenix in the back drinking the blue drink, and all we see at the bottom, Book of Boba Fett coming to did it say december twenty twenty
0: one? it still did yeah we knew the yeah. date ever since the teaser the the logo that dropped the uh yesterday or the day before that didn't give us anything new outside of the official logo yeah but uh and the fact that it's a show coming to disney plus like that's what we were missing Could because it's the book of boba fett could that be a literal book because the high republic is doing books could it be a comic but i think we knew like if they're doing this on a show this is probably a show and now we know that the actors are reprising their roles, Boba Fett's going to have a centralized story. This is awesome.
1: Oh, this this is great like to know that we're getting Boba Fett, we're getting Season 3 Mandalorian the same year, probably the same month or they're going to probably fall right into each other. Uh I could God. see
0: the Mandalorian uh dropping uh, I don't know, a couple, like a
1: month early. Just well, I, so, I think they're going to be filming, they said, in the next month. So, yeah.
0: Well, The Mandalorian's done. Actually, it doesn't really have to, it can go the same route because December 2021 can be late December and The Mandalorian's done now. So, even if they do the exact same release schedule uh, next year as this year, they could pull it off because they would have two weeks afterwards to start Boba Fett. So, Boba Fett could technically be a Christmas you know, start or the week before Christmas, maybe for episode one. And that could be a damn good holiday season with, with uh, the Mandalorian leading right into the book of Boba Fett.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. And, and I'm real quick. I, I feel like we, we should mention that um, with the dark saber, I didn't know the rule of the kind of whole Mandalorian thing was it kind of to get it, you have to beat them by combat. And obviously, you know, Bogotan kind of was looking to fight Moff Gideon herself. That's why she was looking for it. And then, you know, he goes to, to try to give it to her and she's like, I, and then, He's like, no, that doesn't work. You got to beat him by combat. So it literally puts like a whole nother little whole story line. You can kind of go for season three that I'm really excited for.
0: Yeah, but it's kind of a cop out. Bo-Katan actually got the saber the first time, not by combat. Somebody gifted it to her. So I guess the in her head, it was, OK, I can't do it a second time. Like I do have to fight this time. But they did already break that rule in a, in a Star Wars series. I can't remember which one. But they, they had but not, but not, not
1: this, though, not the live action.
0: Well, no, I know that. It's another show. I can't remember. It's either Rebels, Clone Wars, or like a side comic or something. But Bo-Katan, the way she got the Darksaber in the first place was actually not through combat. Somebody had given it to her. So
1: I, I, th- I thought she beat somebody for it, and then she was killed by uh, Darth Maul or something. Uh,
0: go back and watch Ryan Airy's Screen Crush video. He talks about it and how – Bo-Katan actually didn't get the dark saber by combat or she gave it to somebody. It's either she got it or gave it not by combat. She gave it or got it by choice. And this is where the star Wars fans that don't just follow the main films and stuff like this would really help us out. Um, and, and now it's, this, this is the second time that she technically, she could have taken it. And, uh, I think it was more of just I already got it the wrong way the first time, and I I definitely have to do something to prove it the the second time because my people wouldn't really follow me. So it's interesting, but they did break the rules. So I don't know how seriously they're going to take that or if they're ever going to mention it or or what have you. They maybe had a chance to mention it, but they they opted not to. It definitely felt like a convenience that all of a sudden, throughout this whole time, we have no idea what's going on. And then Moff Gideon, right before they're about to strike him down, says, ha, she can't, motherfucker fucker like it was like oh this is this reminded you it's definitely a star wars thing where they and have it, this, it was you
1: know. i thought it was a great great performance by uh Gennar uh giancarlo esposito I, I i thought he was fantastic just when he was just like with the, when he was fighting uh mando he just swinging that dark saber like all his might i i just absolutely loved that fight scene
0: yeah the whole thing was it was so well done all of it, it was great i have no like I, this is the thing I don't know, nor care about star Wars enough to give a shit about the Po katan. not Bo-Katan, not really getting the saber the first time I don't care. Um, And again, I will never read a side thing ever in my life. So it's not like I'm sitting there as soon as I saw it, I didn't know until afterwards. So that it was fine for me to not even realize that that rule is in place. So if they decide to ignore it completely in the, I don't care. It does not going to bother me. So uh, I I'm good. I had no real gripe with the episode. I had no real gripe with with really anything in the second half of this entire season. It was just just so good. I do want to move on to other things. So do you have anything else you want to add? Go see it. It was so good. You check it out. And there are people that have been watching it after the whole thing was done that I've seen on Twitter. Like, all right, I'm about to start season one of The Mandalorian. And how you have not gotten spoilers, I hope you haven't man, how you have not, you should be praised and well, you go well, play. The lottery. Now,
1: if you're on Twitter, I don't think there, there was escape in it. It was, it was everywhere you've seen like, yeah, you, you couldn't escape. And if you did play the lottery, cause you're a lucky person.
0: <gasps> Speaking of Disney plus dinosaurs is coming to Disney plus January 29th, not the mama, one of the best 90s shows. I mean, of the nineties, it was, that was a childhood classic for me. Did you watch this show growing up and are you excited to get it on Disney plus?
1: I c I can't even picture what it is.
0: Earl, it's the, the family of dinosaurs. Early wears oh, the shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have the baby dinosaurs. When you not say dinosaurs,
1: mind. I think the land before time. Like that's what I go to when you say like, you know, kid stuff or you know animated. But yeah, I know what you're talking
0: it's, about. It's it's uh puppets, it's animatronics and yeah. puppets, yeah. so it's not really truly animated. It's just it's a good goddamn show that's still funny to this day. And it's like Children because of it, the way it looks, but it is actually have a ton of adult material in it and I would completely recommend it to anybody of any age. Matter of fact, after we got done watching Captain Marvel, a couple friends that I'd seen it with back a couple years ago, we went back to my house and binged like two seasons while we were talking about Captain Marvel. It's just a really good show. And I have all the DVDs already, and it's been on Hulu for uh, years. So if you have Hulu, you already have access to it. You don't have to wait till Jan twenty nine. But for those who don't have Hulu, because it is not one of the more popular couple streaming services, uh, it's coming to Disney Plus in all of its glory. And I hope that the, you know, that ending is fucking brutal of that show. And I don't mean bad. I mean like it's gut wrenching. So prepare yourself for this show's ending. It's heartbreaking. Great show. Highly recommended dinosaurs coming January 29th. Disenchantment part three is dropping January 15th and that's coming to Netflix.
1: I, I, I didn't even know they were, they were a little signed for a part three. I I, I didn't even watch part two yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. Air. I don't. I don't know if I'll ever get back to it. I, yeah, again, I, I just like some some of the cast. The, the first season, it it definitely what uh, wasn't. It was very lackluster.
0: It's a graining show or Matt Groening, graining, however you. It's The Simpsons. It's Futurama. So it's got that look. It's got that feel to it. It just doesn't have that comedy. Apparently, the new Simpsons episodes are great, and you should be watching them. I I haven't cared about The Simpsons in a decade, and I'm not going to start now. So uh disenchantment is just zero percent interest like my credit card zero percent interest hey uh, hey now the Chappelle show will be removed from hbo max we saw it removed from netflix previously to his uh, at his request hbo max following suit great job by them
1: i mean a little late but hey you know better late than never It obviously he knows that he's really upset that he's not making any money for that show and, and eventually he'll get cut a check and then it'll be there just give it another year
0: they, yeah, but they could have had a tr- contractual thing where they had to keep it till a certain date, and that's why they couldn't pull it, or they could true, have gotten true. sued. So we we don't know the the back end of that, but the fact that they're also pulling it, plus they need the subscribers, so I'm sure they were in that room like, Uh-oh. uh oh. But with all the content, there's coming, a lot of
1: stuff coming to HBO Max that you know making people. That's what around. I
0: mean. That's what I mean. After they made all these announcements, they were probably like, okay, we can now afford to to make the call. So. Because before the WB announcement, it was, okay, what's coming to HBO Max? Oh, now it's everything? Got it. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Uh, speaking of HBO Max, in January, they're going to be adding a shit ton of stuff. Season 4 of Search Party is coming January 14th. But more importantly for the fans of this podcast, uh, we got some animated stuff coming. We got like Courage the Cowardly Dog. I think I actually got that wrong. I don't even remember. Um, Ed, Ed and Eddie maybe. Like, yeah, Ed and Eddie was on the list. Some that you crazy, crazy, crazy good stuff. But Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond, both leaving DC Universe because that's really – that's
1: just. So the, that the text that you sent me was Batman Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Ed, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Courage, The Coward of the Guard, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and, and there's Cody one more. Kid next door.
0: Yeah. So
1: but ton obviously- of animated stuff.
0: That's just January. On top of that is Search Party, which was my pick of the week before. I fucking love that show and cannot wait for season four.
1: I mean, most of that stuff I own on Blu-ray, so like, I'm good there. But this is good for, you know, to me, at least a lot of the kids growing up where I feel like if they like superheroes, I feel like Batman the Animated Series is something, or Batman Beyond, that you can kind of just put on and just let, let them go. Back when
0: Batman the Animated Series was on Amazon Prime, it was still in its SD 1990s yeah. form. When it went to DCU, did they upscale it to the HD yeah. version? they did so so do one what would I, imagine
1: I, well, what but at least the first season was i never went back to make sure they i assume they did them all if the first season was but i can confirm the first season was
0: so i would imagine they're going to do the same thing for this one
1: yeah right now so it, it only makes sense that it's going to be hd yeah
0: uh i have this in tv but it should absolutely be in movies but i don't want to forget about it did you watch the coming to america
1: trailer? oh i did i did
0: all right, so as we shift into movies, we'll lead off with this story coming to America with the number two because it's you know a sequel and stuff is is uh, coming March fifth to Amazon Prime Video. They dropped a two minute trailer. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, Eddie Murphy again, Arsenio Hall again, uh, and uh, a couple other awesome actors. What would you think?
1: I, I, I thought it looked hilarious. Obviously, they're playing a couple of different parts when they're in the barbershop. Wesley Snipes looks like he's going to be a freaking hysterical. It it's just good to see them two kind of come back. I'm glad to see that what a- Amazon Prime picked it up, right? Yeah. Prime so watched it, It's good that we well at least I know I'll be watching, I assume you will be too. Yeah. To get uh uh James Earl Jones back, you know, basically the whole crew. I, he I was like I, my favorite part of the trailer. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I can't, can't wait to see this.
0: That man's a treasure. I mean, everybody in that movie, quite frankly, is a treasure. And it's nice to see Eddie Murphy doing uh like I don't want to call it stunt double work, like double up with the, with the
1: multiple characters. It's good. Both of them are back doing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Eddie's got the Norbit and the nutty professor films. Arsenio has been doing it for years as well. So to see them back kind of doing what they've done to, to kind of, get them not get them but keep them relevant for all these years it's great to see oh, again they,
1: when they were having the, the jokes when they were making fun of when they first walked in and then yeah i the get a haircut says oh no that's too far kick him out and then he says another crazy jo- Oh, man, i was cracking up that was that was good they, they, they definitely got my my attention i'm definitely going to take the time to watch this one
0: and if you had any interest in the original coming to america but you're like a eh, the trailer is available everywhere right now, so just go to YouTube. It's two minutes long, so even if you don't like it, it's not a big-time investment. Just see if it's for you. A nice comedy to rein in the first quarter of 2021 because we, we know we all need it. So good comedies are a good thing. Was there. it March 5th? Uh, March 5th, yes. Yeah. That's the prime video. Chris Pine is going to star in a new Dungeons & Dragons movie.
1: You know, I, I never played Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but I, I'd probably see the movie because I imagine it, it, it'll probably be way cooler than I think the game is.
0: And the original Dungeons and Dragons movie from like the 90s or early 2000s was a big pile of crap. I think the World of Warcraft movie was a big pile of shit. So hopefully this isn't
1: bad, but I can see it being bad. I, I, I like the World of Warcraft. I, I can't say that I hated it. I I, I kind of liked it.
0: If you watch it again, I'd be interested to see what you still think. I, again, though,
1: uh, Ah, that's show me, dude, you show me orcs like it reminds me of Warhammer. So it's like, I, I like that world.
0: Dungeons and dragons has potential. If they go the route of like the Witcher, the game of Thrones stuff, like if they go the high fantasy route and don't go too, too Uber into the games, I mean, like you got your Easter eggs for the diehards. but. If you make it just a sweet-ass high-fantasy dragon film for the casuals, I think it's got an opportunity. But it is a, a movie – I'm sorry, a video game-licensed movie, and they have problems. So yeah. look at Monster Hunter. That was the easiest thing in the world to get right, and they got it wrong.
1: I, I mean, so. is, is it bad that I still want to see it? Like, I want to see why, why people shit all over of it. Of
0: course. You have to see it. I mean, like, even a bad movie, you got to – you gotta. Uh, like, look,
1: I didn't even see it yet, and I kind of already want it as my pick of the week.
0: Uh, you got to – kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, get your own opinion, form your own opinions. I mean, I watched the new mutants after I, for years,
1: I knew I shouldn't have. I still didn't say it.
0: It's not going to be on my top three worst. The, there are two performances that if I could, I'd make them number one, especially the kid from stranger things, not the, the guy. I can't remember the brother from stranger things, but he was terrible, but that movie's not even going to be on my list. And I hated the lead up to it and I thought it would never play and it it wasn't half bad like it wasn't the worst thing i've ever watched so you know i mean it's worth a watch at least to form your own opinion and that could be the worst movie ever so you just never know you never would have expected me to say new mutants was okay
1: no it was it
0: was a solid five out of ten i'll never watch it again but i'm glad i did simple as that simple as that uh we we have rumors nothing's been confirmed it feels like every week New people could come back to this film. But recently I heard a a rumor of Willem Dafoe and I believe it's Thomas Hayden Church who played Sandman in Spider-Man 3, potentially coming back for this Spider-Man 3. Even more people that could come back for this massive crossover Spideyverse movie.
1: I mean, at this point, you might as well have Leonardo DiCaprio come back when he was rumored to be Spider-Man back when James Cameron wrote a a draft for Spider-Man. That's all they need to throw at this movie. Everyone else is going to be in it uh bone saw yeah the macho man he can't oh, be in the movie oh obviously rest in peace macho <laughs> man but you know he can still rise to the top to the green, to the crop. <laughs> but regardless you know if they were to bring Defoe at church if they were to bring james franco dude i'm all for it. bring everybody to Fox, except ho for grace leave him out
0: i i want to see all three uncle ben's too every just all the uncle ben's at one place that'd be all and the aunt mace can you imagine I, she, nah. what that sally field and freaking marissa tomei
1: i think that i think the first uh uncle ben actor passed away i i think yeah he did, he did. yeah so i i if i saw him I'll, I'll i'll break down that 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 one's a hurt one that one hurt sam
0: me. actually meant in the movie he didn't realize that uncle ben didn't make it through spider-man spoilers for spider-man for anybody who has no idea what we're talking about uh anyway yeah it's just just give me the first look. Just give me that first trailer. Give me like two cameos and
1: then I'll believe every
0: rumor I hear. I was tough to to believe this one, but like – Dude, everyone
1: everyone's coming back and, and I'm, all, I'm all for it.
0: I, I think I'm just going to be more surprised at the folks that don't come back. I, like, I, oh, you, you didn't get Topher Grace to come back as Venom?
1: But if they bring back like Hayden Churchill and like Defoe and Joey Diaz doesn't it come back, I'm livid.
0: What was he? The dude on like the plane, the train platform? He, or
1: yeah, he was the one guy. He says the doc. If you want, if you want to get the Spider Man, you got to go through us.
0: That's right, the New Yorkers thing. Yeah, yep.
1: yeah, yeah. The whole totally. line. Joey. He stood out. He was. That was a pivotal performance. And <laughs> now look at him. No, because <laughs> they, they, they got the people behind Spider Man. I love it.
0: I love it. Chris Evans will will play a young Buzz Lightyear in a film titled aptly,
1: Lightyear. I'm. I'm. i am i i I'm actually really excited on this. Like at first, Me too. I, there's like fan first, outrage. You, you know, at doing? first I was like, "Really, Lightyear?" I was like, yeah, because you when you hear Buzz Lightyear, you just think Tim Allen." So you know, but the more I, I let it sit, Chris Evans, I, I think he's gonna have a blast. I think it's gonna be a fun to watch.
0: I want to watch the movie too. I'm interested in what yeah. the hell a Toy Origin Story could possibly be. I mean, like, I'd imagine it'll be based off of the show that the toy was based on. I hope it's rated R. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be funny. It's like a Chucky thing. I would love it. Yeah, light year. Uh, Listen, I'm all for it.
1: Come on, man.
0: Is it going to be good? that's to be determined. But Chris Evans has an opportunity to make it good because he can carry a film. I believe in him. I like Chris Evans a lot. So even though he was the human torch and he was pretty bad,
1: I I, dude, I I still liked him in in human torch. If you want to see a a fucked up movie with Chris Evans, go watch London, him, uh, Jason, Jessica Biel. Great. movie.
0: Yeah, that is a really good one. I randomly watched that like a decade or like five years. My
1: pick of the week next week. I don't don't know yet. yet.
0: Who knows? I mean, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be our last episode of 2020. Who knows what we're going to do? I mean, like, Wait till you hear some of my lists. You're going to think I'm fucking nuts. You're going to think 2018 was normal. It's going to be crazy. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Mortal Kombat gets a release date. Ah, oh, cannot wait. HBO Max and theatrical, April 16th. Not as far out as I thought. I was thinking June.
1: No, I, I was thinking like way later. So to get this five days after my birthday, perfect. It feels. Feeling. It
0: feels like... We haven't heard a lot about it. We haven't seen a trailer yet. Also, so, the, like,
1: last, the last thing we heard was this movie will not be released during the pandemic. It won't be released until further notice. It's all like, over. It has really to be done. Like, that was all I heard. That's all I heard from them. And then
0: they, and then as soon as Pfizer approved a vaccine, it was like, all right, I guess it's fucking over.
1: I'm like, let's no, we, go. Dude, you know, they need to make the movie industry is hurting so bad. They need every cent right now.
0: The Dune, uh, The Dune producers are like suing. To get the movie's
1: HBO thing, HBO Max, okay, thing pulled. They, they paid 75% of the movie. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you ain't going to throw this on your service. Like we need some kickback here. How fucking
0: moronic though. I, I get all the the nuances to this. There's more than just the surface level. But how moronic are you to push for something to, to be released in theaters right now? Like I get it. You're projecting the things are going to be back to normal.
1: By now, the time this movie is ready to roll. Unless, but, like, you don't fucking know that. No, unless, so, no. unless you want this movie to come out like November, December 2021. I, I don't think any movie like is 100% safe.
0: I would delay it to 22 then and just wait to see what chains survive. Because so, but, you
1: don't know. So then you figure these people put up like $200 million, if not more, whatever. But you have to wait two to three years to get anything back. I don't know if they can wait that long.
0: Okay, then don't sign the contract with WB that you did. That's kind of the problem here. Yeah, but,
1: but then again, they didn't know COVID was gonna happen.
0: Nobody did, and people have adapted. I hear, I, I hear you, man. It doesn't invalidate contracts. Like the simple that's the shitty part about it. It doesn't invalidate contracts. So, you know, I have no interest in Dune. I have all the interest in the world of Mortal Kombat. Another film that we got a release date for from Warner Brothers, so HBO Max and Theatrical, Tom and Jerry will get a release Feb 26. Not in on this one, but I know there are people out there that like Tom and Jerry.
1: I mean, uh, uh, the classic cartoon, that's what I grew up watching.
0: It's great because these are all like 2021s we're talking here for the last couple. But Furiosa, uh, the uh, Mad Max prequel with, I believe, Anya Taylor-Joy, had come out today and said, we're going to do our release date now too, June 23rd.
1: Everybody's like, hell yeah. And
0: then they said 2023.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I, I mean, but honestly, like, it, it sucks. Yeah, that's, you know, two, two and a half plus years away, whatever. But it's, it's kind of the smart move right now. Like just wait, get, let the movie industry, it's going to probably need at least a year plus more to kind of get back on its feet again and get, and just to get the, like the comfortability of people to get out of their house and go sit in a theater with a bunch of people. Cause it's been a year. I don't know how, I know people want to go back, but how bad do they really want to go back?
0: Wonder Woman 1984 flopped internationally. So, I mean, and that's I mean,
1: what. popped is a strong word. No, I, I thought it just it just just performed a little a little bit lower than expectations. Like I don't a know little
0: a little. Did you look at the numbers?
1: I saw, dude. I, when I see all them, there was a, a lot of what it was like ten plus things. I know obviously they were expecting more, but I think China was like eighteen. I saw it was like 2 million, 1 million here, 1.5, 2.2. All things considered, I mean, I, hey, I, I don't know if I'm rushing at the theater for Wonder Woman. I, I think I'm going to watch that at the comfortability of my own home.
0: Sure, absolutely. But like this movie Furious is going full theatrical. So they have, they have the HBO Max thing, but who knows what they're what where that's going to be in 2023? Why yeah. commit to that? So they're going to go full theatrical. June 23rd, 2023 as we transition into our top 3s, two of them, twice as nice this week, our favorite holiday films and our favorite holiday films that mm, are they holiday films or are they not? Let's start with that one. Our top 3 On the Fence holiday films
1: my number three i went with kiss kiss bang bang it, it all goes around christmas it's all going to christmas parties and the shenanigans of robert danny jr and val kilmer i absolutely it's one of my favorite movies regardless of if you consider it a christmas or not i don't know kiss kiss bang bang i thought was fun that if you if you've never seen it watch it trust me i i think you will absolutely love it
0: amy smart ryan reynolds my number three is just friends my number uh, two Oh, really? Good. Then uh, you can just piggyback off what I'm going to say. It's surprisingly really, really funny and also really heartwarming. I really like the direction it goes. It's your typical rom-com that takes place around Christmas, but it has some some twists and turns along the way. And like I said, it's laugh out loud funny. Anna Faris uh, also in it. This was back when she was in like every comedy. Back then in like the mid 2000s. I think this movie was 2005. So right around the scary movie, three days. And she was in fucking everything. But really good laugh out loud comedy that takes place around Christmas. Is it a Christmas movie? Well, we don't think so. It's kind of on the fence because it's on this list and not our other one. What do you have to add?
1: Joyce? (laughs) Mom? Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) Just Friends is one of my favorite movies of all time. Ryan Reynolds, it's... When I think of like you know chick flicks, like I consider like Just Friends, um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, like you know The Notebook, like they're the three best that I think they've ever made. If you've never watched it, you, you get to see Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit—that's freaking hysterical in itself. You get to see Amy Swart eat toothpaste, and she kind of just said in an interview like that was real toothpaste. She's like it was horrible, but but funny. Such a fucking hilarious movie. I I, I haven't seen it in a while. I may go back just to see if I can still get some laughs out of it. Sam has like
0: six picks of the week based on this episode alone for for the future. Uh, it's a, it's a great movie. My number two is a new movie just came out this year and I loved it.
1: Second.
0: What? No, (laughs) no, the Christmas Chronicles. No, I thought that was horrible. Uh, As a matter of fact, I, that's why I never gave impressions after I said that I was ready for it. And we read the review. It turned out to be the fucking worst. So I hated it, but, uh, emma roberts and some australian guy holiday you want to talk like chick flick rom-com that's what this is do i like those types of movies yeah and i'm not afraid to admit it i like those types of movies 10 things i hate about you she's all that Uh, uh uh all of them i like them so this movie was really really fucking funny and it takes place it starts and ends at christmas but they become holidays where they only see each other on holidays. So it does go through all of the holidays in the year, but it's really centered around Christmas. Like I said, it starts, it ends there. The majority of it takes place around Christmas. The other holidays are kind of just touched upon, but basically she's love, you know, she's kind of out of luck with love and, and he's not really looking. And then they come together and antics ensue. And I never thought Emma Roberts would be this funny. She was phenomenal in this movie and, and it's we turned it on. It's just like a, Hey, it's November. So it's not quite Christmas. So let's watch some fringe movies. And we turned out to both love it. I'm, um, I'm up there, man. Holiday, Check that one out. It's really good.
1: Her, her, her. Die hard. Come on. <laughs> Thoughts. Uh, I did. I did a b- bad impression of a uh, rest in peace. Alan Richmond, but round Alan, Alan Rickman, excuse me, but die hard. It's such a classic for me. Um, I didn't see it yet this year. I'm actually just like slacking on all my Christmas movies that I usually try to watch or sneak in. Just haven't been watching too much TV as of late. But Die Hard will always be a classic to me.
0: Uh, my number one should be no surprise for anybody who has known me on or before the mm, late my '90s, mid 2000s. That's listen. They got Christmas in the movies, but no, this one takes place at Christmas time, but it is not. A Christmas movie, definitively not a Christmas movie, not even on the fence. It just takes place at Christmas. That's rent, baby. Uh, I don't care if we talk about the Broadway play, but I'm going to go with the 2004 Chris Columbus movie just because we're talking movies right now. I actually really liked the theatrical version of rent, Um, not as much as the Broadway show, but I didn't hate it uh, at all. I love rent. Anybody who knows anything about me knows I love rent. Go listen to our interview with Jason page, the voice of the Pokemon anime theme song where we talk about rent for 10 minutes. Uh, sorry for Sam to have to sit in my basement and hear us talk about that, but I love rent. Great film. And yeah, it takes place at Christmas on Christmas. So, uh, you know, deal with that as we move into our top three actual holiday films.
1: I went with elf. I, what else. I, I, I just after watching, you know, like the, the behind the scenes of how this movie get made and, you know, a movie that was just so goofy that I, I don't know if I was ever meant to like it as much as I do. But for whatever reason, like the, the, this movie has heart and not a lot of, I guess, you know, the hallmark, stupid, cheesy, Chris movies. They don't have heart. This one, I felt the heart. The, the whole cast was great. Um, Zoe Deschanel, great singing voice. Will Farrell is goofiness, hysterical as always. James Caan. Uh, Dinklage and directed by John Favreau. And it, it, it just, just one of my favorites that, you know, if you just need a good laugh and you, you, you just want to just get out of your own head for a minute, throw an elf
0: elf is in my top five, but I didn't care for it until Ash and I started to live together. And we watched it 15 times every year until it really just kind of sunk its teeth. And because the three on my list have been my favorite unchanged since my, like my entire life, but like elf is four or f- I'm sorry, five, I'd say home alone, probably four, but number three the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, like unbelievably good movie. The My first actual besides my number two, my first favorite Christmas movie ever, because my number one, I didn't see it until I was a little bit older, but to, to Santa Claus, I love Tim Allen. Like I love home improvement so much. I love the, I, I think that the second and third Santa clauses aren't exactly that good. I, I kind of just stick with the first one, especially when they go to Denny's or whatever, a diner we'll call it for, for like their Christmas dinner <laughs> And it's like, hmm, eggnog. Don't have it. I'll have chocolate milk. Uh, no, you won't. Regular milk's fine. It's so good. Ooh, we get to have some apple pie. No, you don't. Ah, oh God, it's it's great. I love it. If you don't know anything about it, Santa Claus falls off a roof and fucking dies. And Tim Allen gets to take his place as the uh, the big guy. So super cool premise. It was early 90s. So be prepared for some really weird effects. But a lot of them are practical, which is cool. Love it. That's my number three, the Santa Claus.
1: Probably your number one, but National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Very rare in movies or franchises that the third installment is the best. And in this one, yeah, I agree. I think this is their absolute best. I I freaking love the Griswolds. If I just – usually, again, there's another one I usually throw on. Again, I didn't watch it this year. Hopefully, I get around to it, but National Lampoon Christmas Vacation.
0: My number two is how the Grinch stole Christmas. I I love the Jim Carrey one so so much. This is more for the original animated.
1: I le- I left it off. I just be I don't know. It was just so. It was a short short little thing. I, I I just left it off.
0: I I do love the Jim Carrey one, and that's that's probably number six if I had to. But like because it's not the original. The original has always been. The Original will always be the best. It's the best, and it's just every year I could watch that a hundred times, and it's just it's it fills 30, me up. Man. It's quick. It's so, It fills me up with nostalgia. It fills me up with memories. It fills me up with hope for my daughter because she loves it. Daddy Grinchy. We watched daddy Grinchy. Daddy Grinchy is the animated one. Mommy Grinchy is the Jim Carrey one. And Leany Grinchy is the Benedict Cumberbatch, 2018 one, which is the highest grossing Christmas film of all time worldwide, but you know, whatever, uh, I love it. It's so good. And you said it's short less than 30 minutes. Check it out. It's on TNT and TBS and all that 10 times every December. Watch it. How the Grinch Stole Christmas.
1: What's your number one? Home Alone. Yeah. Absolute classic. number
0: seven. Holy fuck. It was so hard to make this list.
1: Dude, it's, it's movies that, you know, you've watched since you were a kid. Um, John Hughes could, could be one of his, one of his best written movies directed by Chris Columbus, who directed one of yours. was on your list. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Coley Culkin, obviously made his career from this movie. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern basically almost stole the show because them two were absolutely the best as the Sticky Bandits. Two, two is to me, two holds up just as well. I, I, I love one and two, but one really, really got me. And Home Alone, it's to me that that's that's the Christmas movie you go to.
0: I also think two is really good. Like, I'm with you. Two gets a lot of flack. I, I think after that, it's it's horrible. Man, Everything that that pigeon
1: lady, man, she, that, sometimes a tear comes down. I feel for it at that I, ending. I,
0: I get that. I get that. I feel that energy. And I just – I love it so much too, uh, especially the first one. But Two is, is a sneaky good movie. Home Alone, you cannot go wrong. They're so, so good. We watch them every year. We haven't watched Two this year. So it's probably going to be tomorrow on Christmas Eve. I love – these movies. I think it was a great call. My number one is Vacate Christmas Vacation. I think yep. it's, a, it's a timeless classic. We, as a matter of fact, just watched it two nights ago. Um, so, just like for the 11th time, I just, I love it so, so much. I can quote the whole movie. I think it's so genius that uh, even like little lines where they, he pops the tree and gets stuck in and he goes, really full, lot <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sap. lot of sap. And it then, classic. But then the next, it's not like they forget it. The next scene, they are in bed reading magazines and all the pages get stuck to their fingers. And then his, her hair gets stuck in Chevy Chase's fingers. And then the lamp, I mean, it's, you could tell he's grabbing it and especially her hair. Like if you watch now, he's just grabbing it, but like, it is so well done. It's so nostalgic in all the best ways. Do not, do not watch it on any, uh, like network because they edit it and it takes a lot of the shine out um hopefully you own it they make a national lampoons vacation four pack blu ray with vacation european vacation christmas vacation and what i think is an incredibly underrated movie in vegas vacation uh so by that good, not better
1: than christmas what's up vegas is good but not better than christmas it's nothing's better
0: than christmas but vegas is super underrated I, that movie gets fucking hated on i have some of the blue and a little of the yellow <laughs> so good but anyway christmas vacation shitter's full is an iconic line and uh, also you know,
1: shirts everywhere
0: and cosplays
1: all around the world.
0: <laughs> absolutely. My boss had it for his ugly Christmas sweater. So, uh, probably my favorite line in the movie. Uh, you serious, Clark? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't at all. He's just he sitting feels,
1: at the dinner table. He his lines. He, he apps. Quaid makes the movie.
0: Randy Quaid is great. Maybe now he's a little off his rocker, but back. Oh, to- a little yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he, he is great. So that was it. Our top six, if you will, three of the uh, on the fence films and three holiday films. We hope you have an awesome holiday. Let's get into some gaming.
1: And, and I'll take it from there. We got an impression. So let's hear what you thought of. Super Meat Boy forever
0: it came out the day we're recording this. So these are hot off the presses impressions. Uh, it came out December 23rd console, only Nintendo switch and for PC only Epic game store. That'll be a limited thing. They will be available on the other console soon, but this is seven years in development and no, we're not talking about cyberpunk. That's another game in a seven years development We'll hey. talk about in a minute. But this one's actually, uh, so far I am like 13 levels in Uh it is not super meat boy. So if you are expecting just another super meat boy with enhanced visuals or whatever, a better story, you're not going to get that. This is Mario run and kid trip from our friends at four horses game. It's the character is running. There is nothing you can do to change that. He will go from left to right or she, you can pick bandage girl. Uh, but Dr. Fetus steals your new kid nugget. I think his name is, uh, but regardless steals the child. You have to get the child back. And you're just, you're running left to right and there are, you're going to die a dozen times or more every level. And it is brutally challenging and painful. And I love it so much from that perspective. What I don't love is I kind of had to rework my brain to get used to Mario run. There's a reason I stopped playing that game. Um, Kid trip. There is no option to go left. You're always going right. Mario run. You can kind of go back left and right by bouncing off walls. Same thing here. So there's a lot of different mechanics and controls to get used to that I'm sure I'll get used to as I beat the game and and move forward. I believe it's randomly generated. I'm pretty sure that's the case because I saw that I'm on a seed, which generally means they're randomly generated levels, which is a great thing. Uh, So it'll be a different experience every time I try to go beat it again. I love that. There is no difficulty level just because there's only one, hard as shit. So get yourself ready, prepare your $20, seven years in the making, it's finally here super meat boy forever for $20 it is an easy easy purchase if you like hard platformers that take very precise control when you feel like you die you feel like it's your fault not the game and i love that and for that alone it's worth the $20 it's hard as shit. prepare your money prepare your wallet i love it
1: cyberpunk 2077 is a damn mess
0: I could go on for days. I'm not going to, I own it. I have it. My PS4 copy came. I got a steel book with it as well. I have not opened it. I have not installed it. I have not played it yet, but I know you have some thoughts on this. So generally where I would go on a tangent, I'm going to kind of back off for a second. I want you to just go over the whole mess that has been Cyberpunk 2077 since release.
1: I mean, I, I just feel like they should have been more transparent with everyone.
0: And by that, you mean developer CD Projekt Red.
1: Yes. They 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 knew that it wasn't ready for the PS4 and, you know, the Xbox. It, they were mainly focused for the PC and the newer systems. That's correct. I, everyone that I'm seeing who's playing it from the computer, they're absolutely loving the game. Yep. I think they, hit, they might hit a little minor glitch in there, but the glitches that I'm seeing – You know, on Twitter, I remember the one that I tagged you in where she like floats up in in outer orbit and she just keeps floating up up and up and up. And just just some of the stuff that you saw, it's like I've never seen this shit in my life. Like I even remember watching like, you know, the. the the wrestling ones, and and I thought they were bad, like, compared to this, it's like apples and oranges.
0: Good call, WWE 2K20. That was earlier this, or no,
1: that was last year when we saw this. I remember laughing seeing them on Twitter, but then when you see the Cyberpunk games, like, I'm watching guys walk through taxis, walk through cars, you know. You can
0: YouTube glitch, like, compilations from Cyberpunk and get a bunch of really fun content.
1: Yeah, you know, it's definitely, like, laughable, but I I do feel bad, Um, you know, a lot of people wait for this game all this time, and yeah, at least for like for, for you, you got it for the PS4. If you actually put it in and wanted to play this game and you got all these glitches, like that, that takes, that takes a lot of the joy out of it. And you'd be a little bit more frustrated. And you know, you may want your money back. Well, my PS4,
0: they don't have a PS5 version yet. So the PS4 version comes built in with an, with a PS5 version. So I'm playing it on my P well, when I do play it, it'll be on my PS5, which I've also heard pretty good things about. It's not as clean as the PC version, which by the way, like you said, it has its problems on its own. It's not a perfect game on PC, yeah. but it's it does run well on the Series X and PS5. It's the base PS4. It's the base Xbox One. You know, the base Xbox One X and C- and S and even the PS4 Pro also have their big issues. It's not by all means like a smoother experience on any last-gen platform. Just avoid this game on last-gen as best as you possibly can. This game had 8 million pre-orders. So it already sold 8 million, before they even brought it out. They knew their pre-order numbers. They made a conscious decision to completely ignore the console version of this game when it came to reviews, when it came to saying a word and embargoes, when it came to giving their codes out to develop, or to, to outlets, they gave PC codes. They didn't let them use their own footage in reviews because they knew about the glitches. All that shit together, you knew this was gonna be disastrous. I just didn't think anybody knew how disastrous it would be. And all the apologies and all all that stuff for me, they ring pretty fucking hollow when you've already sold 8 million copies. Yeah, I was gonna they, say when
1: you're already kind of, you know, the game you, is you profitable. <laughs> the
0: game is profitable. So before yeah. it even launched, the game is profitable. Now what they have done is what I feel bad is a for the consumer and it will always be for the consumer. B for the developers of the game because they don't deserve this. They yeah. did, so the developers, it's the it's CD though. They published this game themselves. They did not get help by Sony, Microsoft, EA, 2K, the big players, Ubisoft. They decided to do this themselves, which is a, well, we're seeing now how much of a damaging thing that could be and how much now they have to eat these losses. They came out before PlayStation even said they'd do it and proactively forced PlayStation and Xbox to take returns digitally when they don't even have a return policy, which is a fucked up thing on its own right. But regardless, I digress. Uh, then they had retailers or taking physical copies. I could take mine back and get my money back if I want. I won't because I'm going to save the game till later in the year when it's fixed in 2021 and I'll just play it when it's more stable and I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But those are the issues I have is the lying. The You saved the bacon of your... I don't know if they're publicly traded, but of your shareholders, of your employees, because their bonuses relied on the Metacritic scores. They took that back, thank goodness, because that would be detrimental to a developer that already had to crunch for this game. So there are so many things wrong with the launch of this game. It is now over 13 million copies. Five million copies were sold because people either missed the reviews or didn't care or wanted to experience it themselves, which quite frankly, that's the entire reason. We in the journalism industry say there is no such thing as bad press it's as simple as that even bad press has sold this game five million more copies after it launched and it's like my goodness let's just experience it for ourselves uh here's my 60 bucks and that's a tough thing because i say like it sucks for the consumer but at the same time the consumer made a conscious decision. Nobody forced them no, to buy. it. I, I
1: was gonna say it's not like they had a gun to their head that they bought the game on their own thing. But again, they were promised this and they got that.
0: You're you're not wrong, but it has it does say something about the culture of the pre-order because securing eight million copies before it launches, before anybody sees a second of gameplay on last gen, because you know everything in those Night City wires was the PC build, hundred percent. Yep. Um. That that is to say something now because. You, these consumers, these same consumers that I do, again, I sympathize with. I'm one of them, but like they could have waited two days after this game came out to see the, the PS4 gameplay, to see the Xbox gameplay before they made that buying decision and they could have waited. And it's like the, I can't FOMO. wait, FOMO, right? Exactly. It's the, I can't wait mentality. The FOMO mentality. You waited eight years for this game. You couldn't wait 48 more hours. That's the, that's the part where I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah, it sucks for the consumer, but they also made a conscious decision.
1: But also it, it, again, the game wasn't ready. They, sh- you know, they should have been like, guys, I hate to do it. We promised it 18 times, but we got to push this game out another month. It, it's not ready. But they they didn't care. They said they were going to bite the bullet. To me, this this leaves a stain on project project, right? No matter what. Like they they this will tarnish them a little bit. So this puts t- in my head, my, my line of thinking. This puts a lot of pressure whatever their next big game is
0: the witcher three released in very poor shape it wasn't as bad as cyberpunk but they did a really good job post-release but that game was not self-published this game being self-published makes their reputation just that much more tarnished because there is a trust factor now again like you said the people that play it are oftentimes loving it and a lot of people are raving about the experience they're having just imagine if it was cleaner what i think could have been done and the reason they didn't do it i'll get into in a second what i think should have been done is i think this game was fine to release in its current state it passed cert which is not what you think certification is not for bugs it's literally does it run does it brick my system did the achievements or trophies pop We're good cool so like it went gold and was still delayed that's got to give you a, a sign too they could have released it on stadia and pc and next gen And I think it would have been okay and just delayed the the last gen versions. But I think the majority of their sales, because there is no dedicated series S version or series X version or PS5 version, a lot of their sales were from the current gen and they just get that virtual upgrade that would have demolished their pre-orders and they wouldn't have been profitable. So they made the very, very financially promising decision to release a broken game. It was, yeah, it was a broken game. And if they would have delayed it, it, fuck, even if you just released the PC and Stadia version and delayed the console version, at least it would have gotten out there that, hey, this is a great game. When it's ready, go buy it. But they didn't even do that. They wanted all the money. And it was definitely a a difficult thing as a consumer to get behind. That is coming from somebody who bought the game. Now, quite frankly, Best Buy had a buy to get one, and this was my free game. So it's like kind of up in the air if I bought it or not, because I just I was getting it for free. So, you know, I probably don't know if I would have paid it 60 for it. I only did it because it was kind of uh, an option. So I'm going to wait till, you know, they're doing one patch in January, one patch in February, like the big ones, they've released smaller patches that have helped the game run. They still don't recommend playing yeah, it. On yeah, oh
1: yeah. What? Guess 110 gigs right now.
0: I, that, that is just, you know, That's a guess it's, it's relevant, but irrelevant, like, because you can just delete stuff and reinstall but like, it is a pain in the ass because that's a huge fucking download. If you live in Kansas and you want to play this game, buy it on Monday, play it on Friday. It's just going to take a long time to, to get onto your console. Uh, Overall, listen. I, again, listen. I am psyched to play it. Like, I truly, truly am. But I'm going to wait until probably March or April. After I'm done with Ghost, the next game I'm going to play is Phoenix, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising and then Mortal Kombat 11 because I really want to play that story mode. And then I'll play Cyberpunk. And you know, I'm sure stuff will be announced and stuff before that, but I think Cyberpunk will be my mid of, middle of the year get me till June game until E3, if that's even a thing, and and I'll be okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in 2021, at some point on this podcast, I'm like, hey, this is this is a great game, but kind of fuck CD Projekt right at the same time.
1: Yeah, the Nintendo Switch gets a Funimation app, and it's free,
0: so you don't have to pay for the app. You just have to have a subscription, so that part's not free. But we don't have Netflix yet. <laughs> I don't know. if I don't think we have YouTube either. There's are some weird apps that we do have
1: on Switch. Hey, uh, like, Let's skip Netflix, the one that everyone has. Let's get Funimation because anime is big.
0: I can't remember what other weird – I think YouTube might be available. I can't remember. But like they have some really uh, small – like they had Crunchyroll I think at one point. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch anime on a handheld Nintendo gaming console. Because
1: that's where yeah. you want to
0: watch anime on a, on a six-inch screen. Hey, if you plug in headphones, it's a better experience. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Shit. But I don't, I don't necessarily understand the, the point of having streaming stuff on a, like a ta- like a handheld thing, but at the same time, for shits and giggles, I downloaded Netflix onto my Wii U back when you could in like 2015, and I watched an episode of Dexter on an LCD Wii U gamepad, just to say I did. So maybe that's a reason. Just to say you
1: do. Yeah, it's funny because I can remember when I was on, um, I forget, I was at a training class for work and I was, you know, in a hotel and for whatever reason, it wasn't a smart TV and I, I wasn't able to, to watch what I wanted to. So I had to download Netflix to my little phone and I watched like a whole season of, of Lucifer from my cell phone. That's really funny. <laughs> it was great. I was like, and it was funny. I still enjoyed the shit out of it, but so maybe there's this kind of you know method to Nintendo Switch's madness. Uh,
0: Season two of Breaking Bad, the uh, 747 down over Albuquerque stuff with Jane. Uh, I watched that on a 3G smartphone, LG, in on over data, not even over Wi-Fi, sitting on the floor of a Verizon store by myself locked in for like three hours. I, I watched that up. on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. That was crazy to think about how I consumed Breaking Bad for the first time. Oh, right, let's awesome. get into a couple of album reviews from bands that... You're going to be like, holy shit. Uh, Two of my favorite bands from the the mid-2000s and even early 2000s for the first one I'm going to talk about. But the first one is an album that reminded me of why growing up I loved Ska and why this band deserves to continue to be relevant. And that's less than Jake. Their album, Silver Linings, fucking slaps. It
1: slaps. I'm glad to see they're still around doing the thing
0: and they're doing the thing dude pure noise records 2020 it released december 11th 12 songs 36 minutes so you're averaging three uh, three minutes a song it kicks you in the face from the literal first second the high cost of low living the opener track is my favorite on the record lie to me number two on the record my second favorite track on the record it just keeps going it doesn't stop and ska is like that like ska is the type of genre where they can't really take a break and just do an acoustic song because it's ska it's upbeat fucking music with brass like it's it kicks ass i goddamn love ska and this record reminded me of it silver linings less than jake dude we saw them i don't think you were with me i think i was with quinn
1: i i never saw less than jake we
0: saw less than jake with yellow card at the Franklin Franklin. franklin at the franklin mills skate park in the year 2003 Less than Jake opened for yellow card where I bought a yellow card skate deck for 50 bucks for no reason, but less than Jake played on top of the quarter pipe. Like they sat on top of a six foot quarter and rocked it for 30 minutes. And I remember that set. I remember that show. I remember that night like crazy because the yellow yellow card killed it too. But 17 years later and they're still putting out music. God bless them. I love it. It's super good. Uh, The one, the one thing that I would say is like not be weary of because it's it's a damn good record. Is I mean I don't know if there really is one. It's they still almost have a million listeners a month on on fucking Spotify. Like go them. This it's just it, honestly fuck it. It's a great record. It's it's one of the best Scott records I've heard in a long time. It again it reminded me of why I love Scott so much. Catch twenty two and less than Jake. Those amazing bands growing up. It kind of blasted me to the past, and I loved every second of it.
1: It's oh, good to hear.
0: Did you ever? Did you, you were a less than Jake guy a little bit there growing I up. Was like
1: one, I only remember what the CD was called, but there was only one CD that I actually remember listening to. Yeah, back in mean, like I, the skating I, days. Yeah, that, that was it. Like it was like the one the one year where I was really big on skating and kind of getting into the ska bands, and and that was it. I just maybe it might have even just been one summer. I wouldn't be shocked. I
0: because um, they had the song
1: with Johnny Quest, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah so that, good that, stuff. Yeah, so that was probably whatever re- song that was on. That was the only record I listened to.
0: Yeah, um,
1: probably like you're, pro-
0: you're probably thinking of Hello Rock View, uh, maybe Anthem. No, it's Anthem.
1: Anthem. Yeah, I was is- when you said Anthem, it kind of rung a bell. So yeah, I think I Anthem is 100. Um,
0: Short Fuse Burning, I remember being a really good song. Escape from the A Bomb House. She's gonna break soon. Duh. Yeah, she's gonna break soon. Gonna break soon. Yeah. And now I got copyright. Copyright stripping. Done a uh, great band great record again i love it thank good shit less than jake keep rocking the other one is Bayside, a band i have loved forever since oh four i first heard them matter of fact and uh so i think sirens and condolences was the first record that i had heard from them might have actually been their first full length they just released acoustic volume three a short ep only five songs 19 minutes but uh acoustic versions of of their catalog. They chose Light Me Up, which I love that song, The New Flesh, Not Fair, Poison in My Veins, which is one of my all-time favorite Bayside songs, and then they ended it with Prayers. So spanning their entire catalog, Old Bayside, New Bayside, all in this one tightly packaged uh, acoustic EP. Poison in my veins because it's one of my favorite Bayside tracks. This is the standout track for me. They did it really, really well acoustically stood out. I loved it so, so much, but you can't go wrong. If you liked Bayside before, you'll love them even more stripped down. Again, five minutes or five songs, 19 minutes came out again on December 11th, just like less than Jake. These two records were phenomenal. Again, smaller like EP for Bayside less than Jake won't probably be in my top three. I think I've solidified that. And that was hard as shit too. Um, hint, hint. the front bottoms didn't make it, didn't Thank make God. it. They would be number four, didn't make it, which kind of tells you probably where one of my top three is. Um, but I cannot wait for next week, dude. I'm looking so forward to that episode, but regardless, Bayside acoustic volume three, check mm-hmm. it out. And a, and a less than Jake silver linings. If you like emo acoustic ska, just having a good time, these two records are for you. Sam, before we get to your CGC spotlight of the week, let's just have a quick chat about the Super Nintendo World Direct that Nintendo dropped, I believe last Friday night at six o'clock. Of all times. What did you think of how this theme park looks?
1: It, dude, come on. It looks freaking beautiful. It's like, you almost don't can even believe that they built it? And then that, that he said, Hey, we, we hope to open one up. I think what in, in California, and in uh- Florida, I think he said also,
0: yeah, I mean that's where Disney worlds are. So yeah, that's where I mean. I, mean, I mean, Studios Florida already exists, and so they, to make that.
1: So I can't imagine. Like I had, a, I'm sure it cost a, a small fortune to make. I
0: I loved like the Easter eggs that I saw as I was watching this direct Miyamoto, the father of Nintendo, the fa the grandfather of Nintendo, the father of Mario, the creator of Donkey Kong, Mario, Legend oh, of Zelda. Hmm.
1: The oldest kid we know is Miyamoto
0: for real man he was the one who had that amazing the famous saying a delayed game is forever bad no a, a rushed game is forever bad but delayed game is eventually good like that was him he knows his shit and for him to take me on a virtual tour of a brand new theme park that I will probably never visit I will wait for the Florida one and I'll drive down there and check it out it was so much fun what's weird to me is like so they showed these like activities that you can do throughout where you can go punch a coin block and get something on a, on your power band wrist. And you can go play this game where you're trying to, you know, get power blocks and kill a Koopa. But like the hardest part for me to wrap my head around is like lines there. He was alone doing it. That's all well and good. And these like little tiny spaces going and trying to find Bowser and this little Easter egg. That's going to be great when you're alone, when you have a thousand people there with you, I just kind of feel like there's going to be lines to punch a coin block and like, With coronavirus, are we going to want to do that?
1: Like everything he's doing is touching. It it looks big because it was just him. But like you said, would you imagine all them people Uh, opening up at like an amusement park isn't probably the best thing to to do. And that's coming right in February
0: i mean japan is in a different space than we are quite frankly with the coronavirus they have it a lot more under under control and those those that culture masks and surgical stuff that's been around forever i mean like this isn't a new thing so so they are and they just their sanitation is second to none and the way they do things i wouldn't be surprised if when you punch the coin block hand sanitizer came the fuck out like it just (laughs) wouldn't shock me of how different that culture is but for me if because it'll eventually come to Florida and that's a disgusting state and we're all there. Uh, America's just a different culture. Half the country doesn't even believe in this shit. So like it, if we, if a bro dude in front of me touches a coin block with his hand that I have no idea where it was maybe in 2018, 2019, I'd be like, okay. But now I'm like, I second guess this shit. I don't even know if shaking hands is ever going to be as normal as it was
1: gloves or you're going to have everything you touch hand sanitizer right away or it's
0: it's just going to be different so and it also like being in a small tiny room like trying to find your way through the mazes you're not going to be the only one in there so oh,
1: no dude even the, the the cafeteria it looked kind of tiny
0: the whole thing kind of looked small like it didn't look like this giant
1: i would pay 45 dollars for that hamburger and probably 22 dollars for that little piece of cupcake dessert that looked pretty good if
0: that hamburger's yoshi meat i'm down i'll pay 45 dollars <laughs> but uh, listen, as much of a Nintendo nerd as I am and a Nintendo dope, if you will, and as much as I love all things Mario and Nintendo and as cool as it was to see, it did look a little small. It did look like uh, the activities are cool and all, but like I'm not going to wait in a 10 minute line to punch a coin block so I can go onto an app and well, get some.
1: Number one, it's going to be way longer than 10 minutes. Number two, it's going to cost a small fortune. I, I you it with, with the little one and I, I just can't see it happening at least anytime soon
0: if it comes to florida here's what i will do i will go in august when nobody goes to disney World because it's 97 million degrees and uh i'll go on like a tuesday at nine o'clock in the morning to hopefully mitigate the lines and the people that have left on monday from their weekend trip
1: I would say, and you also need probably the fast pass that allows you to jump the line just in case
0: well, I, I uh, you know, you never know because it would be a part of Universal. So Greg thinks he would get free admission based on a few things that happened oh, in God. professional life. So yeah. there's that. No talking about work here. So uh, mm-hmm. I... Listen, I am – God, I hate that I do that. I, uh, I'm so self-aware on a podcast where I don't edit it out. Uh, I, I am so pumped for the concept of this and I am pumped to see it eventually come to America. If it's in like 2025 when my daughter is not two, uh, when she'll be seven, I, I'd be like, okay, honey, let's go. Daddy will show you uh, why he loves Mario so much. But uh, you wait in the car because I'm going to go have some fun.
1: <laughs> it was, yeah.
0: right, It was – yeah, right. It was like 16 minutes. Um, watch it for yourself. If you have any interest in theme parks, amusement, stuff like that. It's no Mario roller coaster. Now they are going to bring a Mario Kart ride, which is sick, but, uh, check it out. Super Nintendo world. We talked about it February 4th, I believe, or 14th, something like that. A really different Nintendo direct. What do you got for our CGC spotlight?
1: CGC spotlight this week. I'm still going down the Batman line. We got Batman number five came out in spring 1941. Joker appearance, first appearance of Linda Page, bat emblem left off Batman's chest. So we, I don't think there's a hundred percent truth is to why the bat emblem is off Batman's chest on the cover. But what I read and did some research, I think that Bob Kane just forgot to actually draw the Batman on his chest. Or if, even though know, it says Bob Kane cover, but if you know history of DC, you know Bob Kane had a lot of ghost writers, ghost artists. So, you know, rumor, is it Bob Kane or was it his ghostwriters that forgot it? We don't know. But it's a Bill Finger story, Bob Kane and Jerry Robinson art in a Bob Kane cover. This is a 6-5 off-white pages. I believe I got this two years ago at Baltimore Comic-Con um, from New Force Comics. I got a lot of my uh, Golden Age Batman through him, and they always kind of took care of me. And oh, he, oh, his wall at the cons, him and Austin Reese had to me have the best walls in, 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 the, in the comic business. But checking the CGC Spotlight or the um, the CGC Census, there's actually two nine point sixes, one 9.4, two 9.2s, four, two nine twos, four nine There's seven six five on the census. Uh, only hundred and eighty four total universal grade on the census, and only fifty five that are graded higher than mine. I'm more like again, my goal with the Golden Age Batman was to get one to eleven, four zero or or better with no cream pages. So far, knucklewood, I'm doing good. Just need one and six. One, probably never, but six, at least it's in the cards. So the story we got today, it's called Riddle of the Missing Card. Bruce Wayne and his ward dick Grayson ponder about how quiet it's been since the apparent death of the Joker. Bruce states he must be dead since he hasn't heard from him in a little while. Meanwhile, Joker is meeting with Queenie, Diamond Jack, and Clubsy. They are diamond smugglers coming up with their next scheme. Joker nicknames them the Black Queen, Jack of Diamonds, and the King of Clubs. Funny to me that <clears throat> you heard of the Royal Flush Gang, right? Mm-hmm. So they they didn't make their first comic book appearance from until 1966 from Gardner Fox. That was in um Just League of America 43. I feel like he took from this story and kind of tweaked it and then did his, you know, years later, he did his Royal Flush Gang. That's just my theory. I could just be making that up, but kind of just hearing them. Bl- bl- Like Jack of Diamonds, King of Clubs, stuff like that. I feel like it might have been loosely based perhaps. But again, this is one of the covers that it's just iconic because Batman doesn't have his Batman emblem. It looks like Robin, his cape, people sometimes say that it looks like it's his testicles dangling. Sorry, that's a little graphic, but that's just the honest truth of what you read on Reddit sometimes. So I figured I'd share that. But that's my CGC spotlight for Batman number five.
0: For those that love the CGC spotlight of the week, as a lot of you do, and we get a lot of great feedback, and a lot of people have asked for a lot of comic talk, check out our interview back from April. It's still relevant today with Austin Reese. Uh, Sam, you mentioned him a couple minutes ago about having a great bookshelf like at cons, a wall. If oh, you want
1: books, I mean, it, it's like I'm trying to think, it's just something you look at and stare. You don't know what to look at first because there's so much goodness all over everywhere your eyes go. which is a book that you're like, oh my, oh my. Oh my. Like, they just up it every damn year. They're always getting new inventory. I think he just posted, I think it was a 9 0 AFF 15 first appearance of Spider Man. I think that was Austin. I know he just posted a 9 6 first Punisher. Uh, They got so many great books over there. Reese's rare comics. Just check them out online on IG great guys. They always take care of
0: you. Yeah. And our interview with him was a lot of fun. So check that out as well. Just scroll down until you see bonus episode, Austin Reese Reese's rare comics. That'll do it for episode 217. Our final news recap of the year next week. Our final episode of 2020 will be our we pot awards where we do our top threes. We said it already in the show, top three TV shows, movies games albums and top three worst of the year you were going to be in for some surprises you're going to be in for some things we had never talked about on the show yet we often pull those out matter of fact all three of my favorite TV shows of the year I have purposely not talked about on this show yet at all so they could be a surprise for this episode I've been waiting for this all year I love doing it. It is absolutely the best. I love hearing Sam's list. I love when you guys comment yours afterwards or tell us that we're nuts. I love it all. Cannot wait to do it. You will not want to miss episode 218 as it will be our top three of the year. Oh, just thinking about it. Gets me all hot and bothered. I can't (laughs) wait. Thanks everybody for checking us out. We hope you have a happy holiday and even better new year. And we'll see you next week for our awards on episode 218.
1: Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And a Happy New Year. (laughs)